Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. And I'm excited for what God has given me today to talk to you about. So let's go to our opening text. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. And in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this he is he that was spoken of by the prophet This is Isaiah, by the way, the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. If you turn the page to the next chapter, Matthew 4, verse 12. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into the prison, he departed departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken again by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From this time, Jesus began to preach, and he began to preach this, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Today, by the grace of God, I want to preach to you about now times, now times. I want to ask God if we can just uh, uh, to bless us and to speak to our hearts. But if you would bow your heads with me right now, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for the praise and the worship that we felt in this atmosphere. God, I hope that we honored you. I hope that we enthroned you in this place, that you're inhabiting this room right now amongst the praises of your people. And I'm asking, Lord, let your word pierce our hearts, speak to us, stir us. Help me, your preacher, today. We thank you together. Would we just do that? Would we begin to just thank God? Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercies. Thank God if he brought you here and you have air in your lungs, would you just thank God for it? Would you? Hallelujah. Thank you for the strength in my body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Your name we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, before you're seated, do me one last favor. Would you just step across the aisle, hug a neck, shake a hand, hug a hand, shake a neck, however you want to do it. I'll let you choose. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. So grateful for everyone who's a part of service today. I had one of those Sundays where I received several text messages of families unable to be a part and keep in prayer, if you would. Um, little Journey and Sage Floyd, they're little sick babies. Pray that God heals those little babies. and. Uh, also pray for the Barclays as they're traveling, and uh, just uh, and also pray for brother um, brother Foster. He's ministering in another church right now. I love it. I love it. Praise God. 
<clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I, I kind of want to break down my opening text. I brought you to a place where we talk about John the Baptist and we talk about Christ. And, and we mentioned here in the opening that Isaiah prophesies about John being that voice in the wilderness. And on your own time, if you feel like it, please go to Isaiah chapter 40. You will find that prophecy where he talks about that voice in the wilderness crying out. And that next chapter that we read in Matthew 14, I'm sorry, Matthew 4, we read about the prophecy of Jesus. And that prophecy is found in Isaiah chapter 9. And I want us to understand this, that prophecy has a message. Prophecy has a message, and that message today is for us to repent. And that message is for us to repent. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is now. It is at hand. It is in the present moment. That message must continue. And I want us to capture this truth right now. That the catalyst of Christ's preaching ministry started when John the Baptist was thrusted into prison. And I want us to understand the importance of that. Because Christ would walk this earth all the way till he was 30 years of age before he would pick up that proverbial microphone and preach the gospel. Before he would preach that one message to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was, it was being preached before Christ by John the Baptist. And it's so important to understand this, that when the message of repentance, because now is the time to repent, when that message was thrusted down on the floor, when that message thought it was stifled and quieted by the world, when they threw John the Baptist into prison, Christ says, oh no, let me pick up that word. Let me pick up that truth. Let me pick up that gospel and preach it today. And that was the start of Christ's preaching ministry. I don't know if you understand how powerful that is. We need to understand that repentance. And some of you are thinking, oh boy, here goes pastor again. He's an old record. You're absolutely right I'm an old record. I will talk about this message to the day I die because it is a message that must be continued. It's a message that is prophetic and it's a message that continues today. We need to repent and we need to repent fast and we need to stop playing games and we need to stop living on fences and we need to realize I've got to say sorry for some things. I've got to yield to the conviction of the Holy Ghost, that pricking of the heart, that thing that God is doing right now in our midst. The moment the song sung and you felt the, the sweeping of his presence and you felt your heart move in such a way that is him drawing you to an altar. And this is the time. No better time than now. Amen. Prophecy has a message and that message must continue. And with everything happening in our world today, <laughs> all eyes are, are on end time prophecy. Jesus will give a very clear insight of what is to come and what we're looking for in Mark, chap Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13 is an entire chapter really of Jesus explaining in detail things that we need to look for. Verse 4 of that chapter, he tells us 
Ephesus that when uh, the, the group of, uh, around him, his apostles, say, tell us what shall these things be? What shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus will begin to answer them. He will talk about it's time to take heed and take heed lest any man deceive you. Many shall come in my name and, and claim to be a Christ and shall deceive many. He will go on and say, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. He will say that nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. You'll hear of earthquakes in strange, diverse places. You'll see famines. You'll see troubles. They shall deliver you up to councils. Believers, they'll bring you up to councils. They'll bring you to the forefront of doubters. So do all these things in not only your workplace, but also in the synagogues and the churches. They'll bring, they'll bring you before places in churches. Hear me. You shall be beaten. You shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake. Brothers shall betray the brother. The father shall betray the son. The children shall rise up against their parents. He says, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. You shall see the, uh, 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 the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. And if you know anything about end times or studied it out or interested in it, go to the book of Daniel. But go to it in a prayerful attitude. Go to it in fasting and prayer so you can get some understanding of what's going on. But there in that book, he will describe things. He will describe a moment. He will describe a, a, a vision for us. And here in Mark chapter 13, Jesus makes mention of that prophecy he continues on he says there'll be false Christs and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible even the very elect that needs to be a verse that quickens our soul it needs to be a verse that helps us to be awakened at this time to say you know what I, I, I don't like to think myself a dummy <laughs> I don't like to think myself slow but my God I need to be prepared and in waiting and understanding that these things are coming to pass he will speak this in that chapter in verse 32 he says but of that day and that hour knoweth no man no not the angels which are in heaven neither the son but the father take ye heed watch and pray for ye know not when the time is he will jump down to verse 35 and say watch ye therefore for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the of the cock crowing or in the morning lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping and what I say unto you I say unto all he says the same message yeah Watch. Be vigilant. Be awake. Understand these are the times. Understand these are the things that we're looking towards, that we're waiting for these things to happen. Some are obviously happening right now. And of course, if you are somehow not living in a cave you know our world is volatile right now you understand that that the the really the the precipice of all these things to come to fruition is starting to turn and starting to happen right now in that in that region of of Jerusalem we understand that all those things are starting to come to a boiling point you're starting to see nation come against nation you're you're starting to see a ring starting to close a ring of fire starting to come around the people of God. All these things are not 
by accident. All these things were foretold. All these things were written down for us to wait and see and, and, and prepare our hearts for and understand. Even the writers of the epistles would talk about some more of these things to, to warn us. Paul would write to his let, uh, second letter to Timothy in chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And here's a hard one to stomach. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. He warns us to turn away from these individuals. He writes again in the first letter, 1 Timothy 4 and 1, Now the Spirit speaketh us expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There are things constantly at work trying to pull us in, trying to engage us. There's a group of people who just want to attend church just because of an entertainment value. They have itching ears. They don't have a broken heart. They want to see something to fill the eyes and see something to feel the feel the feelings, the emotions, but they don't want to commit to anything. We have a group of people who are in church right now who are not in church right now. And we need to understand, it is so easy to understand this truth that the most faithful member of all services right now is Satan himself. He's sitting right beside some of us right now, whispering into our hearts and our lives, trying to seduce and trying to lead you astray, trying to get you off by just a simple degree, because in simple degrees, you'll miss the mark by miles. He wants you to understand. He wants you to feel this presence. He wants you to have a form of godliness. But boy, does he not want you to exercise the power thereof. He doesn't want you to walk or live in holiness. He doesn't want you to live live by the truth and be a real free man unto Christ. He doesn't want any of that, but he's okay with you playing the part and looking the part and coming here to this church. He's a fan of you coming here. He just doesn't want you to live an Ephesus life. But we have signs. We have understanding. We have warnings. Peter would write in his epistle in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, here come the scoffers, here come those walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For the since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. We're hearing that same, soon, that same old tune. I've, I'm not the first preacher to preach this message to you. You've heard multiple preachers generational pre- preachers, decade preachers. Christ even preached it. John the Baptist preached that same message, but it's still a message that is still true today. We jump to verse 10 of that same chapter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. 
seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Hear, hear this. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Another translation would say it this way. Since everything will be destroyed this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. You ought to have a response in these times. Verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. But nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I hope we understand today that we, all of us, every single hearer in this room has no excuse of times are coming our way it was a great group of people in the body if I could say it this this way who viewed the signs as something different they changed the way these signs meant to them they they changed these signs and wanted to be so so uh, uh, precise about it that they pull out a calendar and they mark the dates and they mark the years and they mark the time and the seasons and and they, they they're they're, they're they go to it every single day and they're looking at it and they're, they're studying it and they're trying to understand it and get that right time. And as we know, as his word told us, right, as we read today, that no man knows the day or the hour. We don't know the time, but there is a group of people who are trying to find the time. Matthew 16 talks about them. Verse 1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto him, when it, when it is evening, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and the, the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. He's talking about how we, they can at that time, they can understand what the weather was going to be like the next day. That old, that old verbiage, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in morning, sailors take warning. It was something that sailors use. It's something that was all the way back in scripture that you knew what type of day it was. If you are driving at night and you see such a, such a, a beautiful red sky, you, you can take some, some hope and saying, okay, tomorrow's going to look pretty nice. It's, it's going to look, but if you wake up in the morning and you see that same sky, just go ahead and take it to the bank. Rain's coming. And so they had that. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect science, but it was, it was strong. And it was something that they did and understood. And here Jesus is trying to understand. You can tell the weather. You can read the weather. But he says, oh, ye hypocrites, you can't discern the face of the sky, but you can discern the signs. But, you, but you, you tried to discern the signs of the times. He talks about verse 4 here. He says, a wicked... An adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. What is that sign of, of Jonah? What is that sign? It's the same sign that, that, that John the Baptist would scream out through his message. It's the same message he would preach over and over and over again until he, he would have tennis elbow from dunking people in water. 
He'd preach it so hard, so fervently that the world fell apart and upon him and threw him in a prison. And when that same sign, that sign of Jonah and that message of John the Baptist, it was Christ himself who would pick up that message and continue to preach that sign. And that sign is still the sign today. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. It's at hand. It's happening. We need to understand that those things don't stop. But I'm speaking to a group of people as Christ spoke to a group of people in the body. Wicked and a type of generation that was adulterous. This type of generation was wicked and adulterous because of how they treated their relationship with God. They were wicked unto God. They weren't in, they weren't in covenant with God. Even though they they did the part, they dressed the part, they showed up to they showed up to the wedding day. They put on the garment. They they said the I do's in sickness and in health. But when the the, the honeymoon was over, they cheated on their spouse. That's the that's the generation that he's bringing to light inside the body right now. There's a great group of us who are falling into this category, a wicked and adulterous generation. And we only pay attention to our relationship with Christ until a sign shows up. Some of us don't get serious until we see a sign show up. Some of us don't come to an altar until we hear bombs are falling on Gaza. Some of us don't, don't understand that this is time to run to him in this very hour. We wait and we wait until a temple starts to be rebuilt. We're waiting for that news article of a red heifer to be found and be prepared. And Okay, maybe then, maybe then I'm ready to prepare myself for the times. But he's talking to a wicked and adulterous generation in the church today. And he's trying to say, you don't have to worry about end times when you live in the now times. You don't have to worry about judgment when you love the judge. Oh, I wish we'd get that in our spirit right now. I don't lose one iota of sleep of what's to come because I'm in relationship with him right now. I'm living for him now, not until something comes down the road. I'm not living for, for him until, uh, you know, they, they build up Solomon's temple yet again. I'm living for him now. Now is the time, not tomorrow, not the next. Don't wait till after fall fest. Don't make a New Year's resolution and say, I'm going to live for God holy and righteously. Now is the time. Don't say, I'm not going to repent until the atmosphere is just right, until I hear a trumpet sound. No, now is the time. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have this promises all through scripture, signs all through scripture. We see it. John the Baptist may have been the last Old Testament prophet but he preached to a present day moment. Matthew 3 and 10 he says this and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. There is a pruning going on. There is a deforestation going on. 
Not tomorrow, but now. Now the axe is laid to the root. And we need to understand that I can't keep walking this walk and living this life of half in, half out. And I can't keep pretending that I got right relationship with him if I'm not in an altar every day. I can't keep pretending that just being here is enough for my salvation. I need to fall in love with him wholly, totally, and completely. I need to understand that there is coming a time where the tree that does not produce will be hewn down, cut down, and cast into a fire. This same chapter, this is why Jesus in that same chapter will demand a now experience. He says, I'm not waiting. I'm not going to waste my time coming back here. I'm not going to put myself on a schedule. I'm not waiting for baptism Sunday. I need it now. And he looks at that preacher. He looks at that prophet. I love this verse right here Matthew 3 15 and Jesus answered and said suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness you hear that I'm going to read for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness it is not the will of God for us to wait on this process it is not the will of God it's not prophetic it's not part of scripture we must do it now don't wait for the perfect temperature in the room don't wait for the comp- I'm going to get deeper this don't wait until grandma or grandpa are here with you do it now yeah. Jesus suffered it so many he forced him to do it you're going to put me in that Jordan and you're going to do what is the perfect will of God you're going to fulfill all righteousness because all righteousness doesn't wait it happens now we need to understand I'm not trying to live for God tomorrow I'm not trying to live for God next year I can't calendar my relationship with him I've only got now (laughs) did I mess up in my past absolutely but he's given me now (laughs) can I guarantee you my tomorrow absolutely not I only have now everybody in this room only has now I think of our great meetings that we have youth congress that we had an estimate of like over 35,000 individuals hearts and souls and minds in that same body and unity worshiping God together statistically 35,000 plus people traveling U.S. roads flying driving something is going to happen something bad is going to happen if you want to look at it statistically meaning that someone went to a meeting thinking they had a tomorrow but we don't know what our tomorrow holds nor should we care what our tomorrow holds I could care less of the last days the end age if I'm living in the now times we see this moment we see this importance that it was it's fulfilling all righteousness by living now not tomorrow Jesus' parable of the dinner and Luke chapter 14 talks about in verse 16 then said he unto him a certain man made a great supper and bade many he invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are about to be ready 
come because, hey, you know what? The, the mac and cheese is warming up in the microwave, right? You, how many family members are with me? The hamburger helper. And so it's almost done. We got five more minutes, right? The lasagna is about to be ready. No. He tells of a parable of a specific moment in time. And that time is now. It's now ready. He's inviting us to come here now. Not tomorrow. Not next Sunday. Man, I hope you hear me today. I am asking you to hear an invitation from the Lord God Almighty himself. Now he's inviting us. I want us to understand that it was a now invitation that that eunuch understood in Acts chapter 8 when they came upon some water and he stops and he says, hey, there's some water. What hinders me to be baptized? What's stopping me from doing it now? All those believers of John the Baptist who were so committed and submitted to the process of repentance baptism when they heard a more clear, precise truth of why they were being baptized. In Acts chapter 19, I love it. I love that passage. We read that as soon as Paul opens up their understanding, he says, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. They didn't say, well, we got to go home and we've got to put on our calendar we got to invite our friends and our family and we got to make sure that my aunt and my uncle are there to take the pictures and we got to wait for you to fill up the big swimming pool and we got to have the printed shirts that say I'm now washed and free and we got to do all those things it's got to be a production no (sighs) when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I like it. I, I, can, I can just foresee a, a, a Pastor Paul bringing the word of God as he's explaining it. Revelation's coming to it. And I can just see them grab him and say, no, 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 no. Let's walk over here to this body of water. <laughs> I need it now. I need, to, I need to live in the now and commit to the now times because sure, we got signs. But I don't want to be a wicked or adulterous relationship with Christ. I want to be, be whole with him today. I want to be in a love relationship with him right now. I want to say, God, forgive me of my sins and my wrongs. And I want to continue with what we know. I know that many are in here. And you're looking at me in such a way. I can see your eyes. Many are leery to move forward. Many are leery to commit because they desire a more perfect understanding. They want to have something else to hold on to. And I don't know what else we can do. And I don't know what else prophecy can do for you to prove that God is real and God is coming. I don't know what else. (laughs) I, I often think of that story of the rich man and that beggar Lazarus. And as they both pass away, we know that beggar Lazarus is up in heaven. That rich man is looking up. He can see with his own very eyes what paradise looks like. He's feeling the torment every inch of hell. He's feeling the dryness, the heat, and he's so thirsty and he's begging. Oh, would you just allow him to drop his, you know, just a drop of water to fall from his finger into my mouth? 
but he makes this request. Would you please send, send prophets, send, do whatever you can. Send a messenger to my family. Send somebody, shake them to say, you know what? Live now for God. And this is what he says. It don't matter what prophet, <laughs> no matter what angel I send. Stiff-necked and hard-hearted, wicked and adulterous generation won't, won't pay attention to that word. That's fear. That, that, that's scary. The scary thing when something is right now in our very midst reaching for our own salvation. That we are so hard-hearted and so stubborn because we don't have the full picture that we won't fully commit. That's not an excuse to commit now. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, for now we see through a glass darkly. Okay, I don't, I don't have the perfect picture. I don't have full revelation. But then face to face, I like this. Now I know in part, okay? Now he knows just a, just a piece and that's all he needs to know. It's just a piece. But then shall I know, even as also I am known. He's making us understand that yes, it's okay if you have a, a struggle understanding things. It's okay if you're seeing through a glass darkly. If you're not seeing a perfect picture. But that's what faith is all about. It's about trusting that he has laid out a path for you to walk on when you don't see it. I promise you this. He is the lover of our souls. He loves you more than anybody. He loves you than your own spouse. He loves you more than your own mother. That's a hard love. He loves you. And I promise he will never forsake you. He will never leave you. And he will not put you in a position where you, he, he will hurt you. And I mean that from the depths of my heart. Somebody's saying, oh Lord, I, I don't know, Pastor, I've been hurt before. Well, yeah, sure. We're human. Hurts hurt. Those things come. He didn't promise that you were not going to be human, that your flesh wasn't going to be weakened, that you weren't going to have bad days or paper cuts in life. But we need to understand now the idea of having a, pre, a perfect, clear 2020 vision of my road to salvation in heaven is just not going to happen. He's asking for us to walk in faith. Amen. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 1 and 8. Whom having not seen, ye love him. Ye love. In whom though, what, what's that word? Now. When? Now. You see him not, yet believing. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Man, my overwhelming joy comes from the fact that I'm committed to him who I do not see. I, I, I lean in him who I don't understand. That's where we get that unspeakable joy and that full of glory feeling and that thrusted upon us because it's, it's an overwhelming experience when you blindly fall into the hands of God. Not tomorrow, not the day after, but today. I end with this so we can all stand. There is no better time than now. I keep seeing all these things happening, reading the news. 
I'm seeing the world go crazy. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I have such a perfect peace about it all. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious for some of it too. I'm anxious. I'm anxious for the testing, the trials. And some people are, well, do you believe that you are, are we going to be taken up before tribulation? Or in the middle of the tribulation or after tribulation? And I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> because I'm going to live my life for the now. I'm going to be ready now. I'm not going to be planning my, my, my day to come to an altar based on the sound of a trumpet or the laying of the foundation of that first cornerstone of a, a new temple. I'm not waiting for that day. I'm not waiting for a president, my preferred president to take office. I'm not waiting for any of those things. Revelations 12 and 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night you're going to hear now <laughs> oh man I hope you hear it with me right now Paul would write this to the Roman church 1311 and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of a sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed my God what am I trying to get us to grasp here today the Bible says this Jesus says this he that endureth to the end says he shall be saved it does not say he that wait till the end. Endure. <laughs> Endure is an action. We have to be active every single day. We cannot be that wicked and adulterous generation who waits to commit to God based on a sign. I'm asking people in here who I know your walk, who I know how you are, and I know your walk with God, and I know God spoke to you about certain things, and I've watched you struggle to commit. Please commit now. Please commit today. Please, please decide to step away from offense and be totally bought in to a relationship with God, a marriage with Him, a connection with Him. <laughs> Dive deep in Him. Don't wait. Don't wait for more missiles to cloud a Jerusalem. Don't wait. I'm asking you, don't wait for the seas to become red like blood. Don't wait for the days of Daniel to come completely true. I pray do it now. Come to a place. Don't let it, don't suffer it any longer. Say, I'm going to fulfill all righteousness by stepping from my seat, coming to you today. I'm going to make a choice and a decision to repent for the kingdom of heaven is now. These altars are wide open, church. They're wide open. Come on, step out here in faith. You don't have to have a perfect picture. Just know he's waiting. Hallelujah. Come on, all together. Church, all together. Hallelujah. Live today. Live today. Live in him right now. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus.
If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 